Hey guys, it's Josh, and thanks for joining me for another episode of the Not-So-Bad Bachelor's Pad. Today, we're talking about lust first love, intimacy, and sex. Hope you enjoy it. There's a good friend of mine, Mr. Andrew Burner. Andrew, if you don't mind, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Uh, thank you for having me, Brother Jones. Um, I'm a staff chaplain at Grant Medical Center. I am... Uh, I have a background working in behavior health, patients that have been diagnosed with mental health issues. Also work in palliative care. Um, been in ministry for a while, served as a pastor at a few churches. But I really love the opportunity that I get working in a hospital as it's a pluralistic setting where I can meet a lot of different people. So uh, just thankful for that opportunity. That's how we met. When you offered me the opportunity to discuss some, some hot topics in regards to love and lust, I thought it would be a great opportunity not only to learn, uh, but to share the conversation. So thanks for having me. A lot of people think that they affiliate one with the other. Mm-hmm. They don't really have a lot of room for intersection. But I believe there is a lot of intersection in that space. Right. Um, intimacy is paired with love. Sex is paired with lust. Carnal desire. Really, if we take a step back and just look at the definition or what each word really means, it's a very fine line. Um, Love was lucky enough to get synonyms like adoration, um, you know, uh, innocence. Mm -hmm. It was it was shaped in such a way that it was made cutesy, whereas lust was described as craving something, an intense longing for. Um, but those two things go hand in hand, in my opinion. Right. You know, um, when you adore somebody, you crave their attention, you crave their affection, you know? Right. I believe there's, you really can't have one without the other. They're almost yin and yang, in a sense, to me. Um, do you have any just off-the-top notions about either of the words? Yeah, I think a lot of those things run closely together, but they are distinct um, in the original intent, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like when I hear lust, I I think clearly the pure definition, uh, sexual desire. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I hear love, though, I hear an intense as well, similar to lust, an intense emotional uh, feeling mm-hmm. towards something or someone. Um, but I do think they're very different and I think you hinted something that we see in our culture and society uh, whether it's on billboards whether it's on television any sorts of media what we get a lot of times mm-hmm. is lust I mean how do you sell most things whether you're That's talking right. about Super Bowl commercials or just the day to day right they're selling sex right they they make you lust for certain things in such a way that you crave it you want it and so that's the intense uh Intense desire, but they throw in the sexual connotation right. with it. I mean, shoot, you can be talking Ritz crackers or Papa John pizza these days. That's true. And they got somebody eating it with a two-piece on with heels on. It's like, what are we what? doing here? Are right. we going to eat pizza? Are we making cheese and crackers? Or are you trying to bust it open? That's... And so I think it's, it's interesting how it's depicted in society. Um, but for me, intimacy, um, there's, there's different levels of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think, like, intimacy... Uh, a great way I've heard it communicated is into me you see. Oh, you know? I have not heard that before. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's yeah. a fresh take for yeah. me. Into me you see. So as you engage someone, you get to know them on a very different level than someone else would know them. Right. And because of that, there's a give and exchange. Mm-hmm. And so you allow someone to see you in a way that others don't know you. You allow someone to see you on a level that others do not know you. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, intimacy is a very serious thing. Right. Uh, intimacy is not just with the bedroom. A lot of people think, you know, like you said, when, when you hear intimacy, you right. think sex. But I think intimacy starts before then. That's why I'm very careful with my conversation. That's, I believe, that's why some people, I was like, people hear the word relationship and they automatically associate that with romantic. Mm-hmm. And I tell them to throw that notion out the window. Right. Because relationship just means how 
are two things related. What space right. do they share in common? Right. You have a relationship with your parents, with your friends, with your romantic partner. Sure. Those sure. are all different relationships Very much so. that have different characteristics. Very much so. But intimacy is something that you can still share within all of those right. Right. relationships. And like going back on what you said, into me, right. I see that could even be used in a lustrous context, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. it, there is a physical aspect after you share yourself with another. Right. You, even if you, if even if it's just for a night right. that you shared this space, oh, yeah. you're yeah. coalescing together. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, um, yeah. there are a lot of emotions that'll be left over, memories. In some cases, you, you get a physical reminder. Right. Comes uh, knocking on the door in nine months, right. stays with you for 18 plus years. Right. You know, uh, really hard to ignore that one. The gift that keeps on giving. That's right. Yeah. You know, um, but I, I, I do believe there's something to be said that intimacy, it is key to foster any relationship yeah. because in order for us to progress beyond just the one interaction, sure. I need to see almost a piece of me inside you. Yeah. Whether that is you have a trait I'm looking for in a partner, whether it's trust that you can continue to build on a friendship whether that's commonality you know sure. your love of music the love of the game we're teammates the right. goal of winning right. you know family the goal in supporting each other sure. letting everybody come to the table uh, figuratively and feast together right you know right um that's 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 where i that's where i stand with intimacy um yeah. That's what I, I, uh, I mean, my cousin and I, we went to Panama before the pandemic broke out and we, we had what I would call an intimate moment. He shared some things with me from our childhood that I never knew. Uh, he was vulnerable. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back folks. And we're back. Um, next we're going to go into the topic. Do we think lust actually has to be just about sex? Um, like I so I mentioned earlier that I'm a lustful being and the fact that I have this I'm not going to say never ending but this strong passionate desire to improve myself I am addicted to living a better life and um, not materialistically but meeting somebody who I could share my life with forming bonds friendships with people who I might not have gotten to potentially raising myself so I don't have to work 50, 60 hours a week to support myself, you know? Um, I'm, I'm lustful to be happy. I, I crave it. I need it, you know? Uh, what do you think? Do you think that lust can turn to love, that lust can be the kindling to spark a fire? I feel like lust is always turning into love and like lust is always the kindling to fire because if you're not attracted to somebody you're not going to lust after them and so it's just like when you lust after somebody like and then you make that kind of sort of sexual connection it's like it doesn't have to be sex it just has to be a sensual like sex and sensual kind of sort of is intertwined and so when you make that central connection with mm-hmm. somebody else right. like and then you start going on that path of like the flirtation and the connection and you're like talking to them and you're like being very like you know sensual and flirty and sexual and whatever and then eventually like if you decide like this is the one person that you're gonna be sent with that you're gonna lust after like and then it turns into a love connection. And I fully believe that that's how all, all love connections start. Because, like, that's the puppy dog love is a lust stage, you know? So, that's just, I don't know, it's a personal opinion. No, it's fine. Like I said, we, we say that. Like, I say that all the time. I was like, there are two sides of the same coin. Um, it's it's a fine line, you know. It's a circus act. If you're not careful, you'll fall off that high wire to either side. Um, in the sense that 
if you don't put intention behind it or you're afraid to dive into it, you could stay in lust forever and just habitually have meaningful encounters with somebody. But you're right. Once you find that right person where you can lust in a non-gluttonous state, in a, in a pure state, when you can find multiple avenues to resonate with that person, then you can fall onto the, the side of love. Um, every relationship that has longevity that I've witnessed um, stems from somebody not only being madly attracted to somebody physically, but being so drawn in to the personality as well. Because all being carbon-based life forms, our looks won't last forever. So there will come a day or a time where you either want to leave or that person can sustain you, fulfill you with their personality. That is truly what I believe. Um, any thoughts on that, Andrew? I think it was like, um, I think it was like 2012. Um, it was a she was um, Puerto Rican, Guatemalan mix. Ooh. She was Boston. And she was all the Boston. You just I mean, said you said was, two things that already she, got me tingling she, she on was, edge. She was all the Boston, like oh. swell up so quick, ready to fight. Mm. <laughs> it's a bit of me right there. Pissing on everything to let you know it's hers. But uh I mean same time wanna be under under you, hugging you all the time, like let me smell your dick crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's that freaky love. We love, yeah. that. We love that freaky dicky too. Yeah, that ain't nothing man. wrong with it. But I, um, I met her in like 2012. And it was it was pure lust, man. Like, she was beautiful. She had the long, curly, messy hair. And... Uh, if y'all could see the look on this man's face yeah, right man. now. Look, like, it was, it was a good, it was a good time. Blood, it was a good time in my life. Yeah. I tell uh, people this. I use the word invoke. Oh, I was yeah. like, her memory just invoked oh, yeah. a spark in you that I haven't <laughs> seen as someone in ages. Well, that's the thing. And that's that's why I would, uh, I would agree. Can something be founded in lust? Yes. Um, but longevity and sustainability, no. Because the same way that those thoughts... Uh, invoke my smile and I can remember the passion and fire she I, I tell people when I talk about her and look she's she's so crazy she would love to know that I'm still talking about her and that she's still a sore spot um, but she, if if kryptonite is what can take out Superman Annette what she has what she can do to me she's my kryptonite I I can actually hope like oddly enough Re resonate and understand that statement. Yeah. Like, there's. But well, why? Because you just said, like, lust doesn't lead to anything. But at the same time, like, you just said she's a kryptonite, but you didn't really explain, like. Well, I mean, that's the thing, because it was birthed in us. Like, we, we were naturally attracted to each other, but for the longest part, it really was just really, really great sex. And we would have fun and we would run around and we would do all the things with no responsibility and get to know each other on a certain level. But we would never, neither one of us would commit uh, to invest the time that it takes to build something. And, and, see, and that's the thing, I, I try to, I don't know, a lot of people don't always agree with me, but I, like, I'll keep saying it. You've, you've mentioned this conversation um, about not being in fruit, not being in season. Right. Who's to say when the right season comes along, why don't you pick the strawberry? She might not be that same person she was back then. You know, she might be ready for you. You guys might be ready for each other. I believe that people, they flux in and out, but there are times when you could come back. Yeah, I, if one, one. <laughs> Because uh, I'm a man of character and morals. She, um, I don't know about those. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I, at this stage of my life, it means so much to me. But um, she's married. She married a guy in the military, and she lives in Hawaii. But I'm going to tell you, she's, 
she's so bad because she knows she uh she texted me a little while ago and it fucked me up for a whole month and uh and then we got on the phone a, a couple weeks ago and afterwards i'm just through you know yeah. struggling to think and uh keep myself straight but as as amazing as a woman she she is and, and was in those moments what i realize is that y you're right um things can be birthed in lust but when you're building a house you're not looking to build it on sand you want to build it on something that's solid that that has the fortitude that can withstand certain things and when you don't build foundationally in my opinion if you meet innocent lust like you said i would agree there's a natural uh it's innate for us it's something natural that draws us but if that's the only thing that keeps you if it's just great sex and fun times and none of the deeper things that it takes to build i i'm not sure at least in my experience that did not prove to be substantial enough um, to make a run at something for life. Right. And I guess that kind of sort of sets off of the, um, the understanding that you have these kind of conversations before you get into something serious. We, we talked about that, though, but, and, and I'm a, now here's my thing, and I told a friend this. I think people play with themselves when we think that we're stronger than how we are. Like I said to Josh on one occasion, since when does the, the created tell the creator how to carry on and what's appropriate? Exactly. If, if, if we were created by God and he, he knew what's best, then in our reality, those moments we try to step outside of that and we, we play with ourselves to say, oh no, this is what it is and I can handle it. We weren't made that way. I, I think very much so we were made to love. We were made to be in relationships. I personally believe that relationships are the building blocks of life. Without them, we can build nothing. But then what what happens when the 50% what fifty percent of successful marriages? Yeah. So I mean, what is what is that to so, say? So, like, so what does that mean? You know, like so it's like we were created to be in relationships. Uh -huh. and it's just like that makes sense. It's like we were created not to question the creator and it's like and say like what we can and what we cannot handle. It's just like so. What happens? When you are in the 50% that can't handle it, but you told yourself you can't. And so it's just like, what does that mean? Because you were built to be in a relationship, but it didn't survive. Well, I don't think that means that love isn't true. I don't believe that that, that means that we're not mean to be in a relationship. I believe that at some point, all of us are broken. And if we don't do the work so that we can heal those broken pieces at some point may become jagged and be a rupture in a relationship that could be whole if we continue to be transparent and allow each other to endure the process of intimacy, right? Because when you're doing the work and you're working through those things together and you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable and be seen and seeing others, I believe that's a constant that you have to do if you want to have a healthy relationship. But even even in a relationship, relationship born of quote-unquote love, do you not still have these problems? I never said that. In in none of my elaboration did I say that you don't have problems. I my said understanding when, you do not. Like if it was born in love, yeah. you don't have these problems. I don't believe that. I, I would tell you that I don't I don't believe that it's born in love if you don't have any issues. I think you're gonna have issues because none of us are the same. I forget how many people now are are in the world, but our reality is nobody has the same tone. 7.5 Fingerprint. Right. Nobody has the same tone print as you. So with that, we all are significantly different with some similarities. So if that's the case, I imagine at some point, if we're different, that we may bump heads or have a disagreement. Yeah, but at the same time, like, so if you are quote unquote equally yoked, your disagreement are going to be sustainable. So the context of that scripture that you mentioned, though, is being equally yoked. If you would see the picture of an ox with the yoke on its neck, the picture of that context of that pericope that you, you mentioned is to be equally yoked, if you were ox with that on your shoulders, it would be like 
having another ox connected, trying to go this way when it's on your shoulders and you're supposed to be going that way. To be equally yoked means that that apparatus would be the same on you as it is on me and we're moving in the same direction. To be unequally yoked means that I'm trying to go this way and the apparatus is on you and you're moving this way. Right. We'll never be in common. Exactly. And we won't have the harmony that's a necessity to have a healthy relationship. Exactly. So I once again, I go back to the, the equally yoke that you quote means that somebody at least has the same principles. You right. might not have the same preferences, right. but the principles you have to find a common ground on. That's what you that's judge true. That's like, on. That's, that's sustainability. Happens, that's compatibility. Right but there. what happens if you don't? That's the thing. I mean, it's like, just like several people, and they do make it, you know, till death do us part. They make it to the end. They are in that 50% that go the extra mile. So it's just like, Okay, so is that even legitimate at that point in time? If you are unequally yoked, but you are together because of whatever reason, whatever religion you believe in, you know, like the universe tells you, the universe gives you no signs that you have to split up. Like, you are unequally yoked, but you are together forever. And it's just like, where do you go from there? I think in any relationship, and not any, in every relationship, there is a point in time where you question it. No, I've, n- I've never seen nor heard of any relationship that nobody, even for a millisecond, has been like, nope, I, I'm, I'm making the right decision. Or, nope, I'm 100% happy. That, that is physically impossible because, like we said, everybody is different. That is the beauty in love, in lust, in existence, in life that we know it. And for anybody who says otherwise... I'm gonna call some bull on you, yeah. as, as Bernie yeah. Max, the late great Bernie that's Max said. Bull. Bullshit. That's right. <laughs> okay. I love that Bernie. Yeah. I know. Rip. Rip to the king. Uh, um, no, but but that, that's that's like I said. That's the, that's the beauty of love. You mentioned the willow representing sadness. There is beauty in sadness. There is beauty in anger. There is beauty in naivety. You know, there's there's so much that we can learn from it. And that's what they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be learning experiences. Now, if you can't learn the lesson, that's what furthers the wedge and causes people to split, I believe. Could you put a pin in that for a second? I can. So you remember when you mentioned to us that your husband got that vehicle and it wasn't for you. He got it for him because he needed that. Because there was a certain part of him that made him think, and taking care of you, he was denying himself. Yes, no? yes, yes. And so, that what that car means to him, it doesn't mean to you, right? No. But because you love him, even yes. though that's his preference, you have chosen to love, and then you love your commitment, even when your preference is not the same. Yes. Because the principle of why you love and who you are doesn't change. That's foundational with the same reason that he loves you. Okay. It doesn't mean that you don't have disagreements and that you're indifferent. Mm-hmm. But your principal thing is that I'm committed to you and that you're committed to me. And even in our differences, we will be principled and work through this together because we chose to love each other. Because in my opinion, love is not an emotion. Love is a conscious decision to say, I choose you. That, that's like, crazy. I didn't really mention this to you, but that actually leads us exactly into our next topic. Yeah. Is love innate or is it a skill that we learn? It's a choice. Love is a choice. Love, Happiness is relative. But, but see, the thing I have, the issue I have with the word choice means that you're just like, oh, I pick something and that's it. Yeah. No, the reason I like to use skill is because a skill is something that you work at you chew you make the conscious choice to pick it and improve upon it sure because oh my question is why would you not why would you not well why no it's it's it's, it's, it? it's not a why question of whether you pick it or it? not when i say that the 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 two quote unquote going back ironically choices are is it innate is it something that's natural that we just know how to do it's in our bodies mm-hmm. or is it something that is a skill meaning that we work on or work towards in our life know. I wasn't born in an time. Well, so I mean, that's I it's know. so it's so relevant to or, today because I was like, know, as a person, you you still carry the the genetics, the DNA, the history of those before you. Mm-hmm. So, did you wake up one day and you're just like, I'm a I, I freaking mastered love. I'm a love master. 
every relationship that I touch is golden. Yeah. No, I'm not because because okay, so the whole thing is love is a choice, and like people ask me that all the time because I do and have in my past lusted after females. I do that on the daily. But I am with a male. And I love a male. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like, so people are always asking me, like, so what is love to you? And I'm like, it's an active choice for me personally. Because it's just like, I picked you. And it's just like, and I know why I picked you. And it's just like, all of the things that are in my brain, and it's just like, yeah. Like, we have our differences, like, all the time. Like, we almost got divorced <laughs> because of our differences. And that, at the time, it didn't seem like they could be reconciled because I lust after females and the female anatomy. And so, I mean, I have two things. First, oh, I, can, I can't be mad at you for lusting after the female anatomy. <laughs> Whoever you believe the great creator to be, they did the dang thing when they when they made the body. Right. Okay, the flesh is beautiful, it's tantalizing. Yes. Okay. But going back to that and and, and that's what I mean. People always want to drive lust to this negative category. I think there's nothing wrong in being attracted to the even though you are in a monogamous relationship with a man, yes. being attracted to a woman to another person to another being i don't believe that we were designed to be monogamous monogamous i believe that was a construct used to hurt people but we're not going to get into the whole religion and uh philosophy of love right now that's that's not what we came here to do okay what i'm going to say towards that and your point to to keep it relevant is that if love is a choice, then you should cho- you should be able to choose to love multiple things. Now you didn't make a commitment. You said vows. You made a promise yeah. to to hold a certain set of values. Yeah. But nowhere in that promise did you say I would never find anybody else attractive. Nowhere in that promise did you say I will not be honest with myself. Nowhere in that promise did you say. I will suppress or lie to me and you about what I think or feel. I don't. I wasn't there for your wedding, but I don't. I don't think that was any vow that was asked or said of either of you. Am I wrong? It was not. It was not. Mm-hmm. So I think there's nothing wrong with that little craving, that longing, that admiration. See that. See that's that admiration. Admiration is something that's tied with love, but it should be with love because. When you crave something you that, that you adore, what is that? Is that love or is that love? Lust. But you crave something you adore. Adoration is love. And that's what I tell people. I was like, love and lust are the same thing. Somebody just put a little bit of shame, a little bit of shade on lust, so we don't want to affiliate them. But I, I honestly believe you can't have one without the other mm-hmm. because one inspires, one invokes the other, one helps fuel the other. So I think my whole purpose no, in this I episode... No, I kind of agree with yeah. that. But then it kind of sort of gets into the waters of I cannot act on one compared to the other. And it's just like because... That goes, but I think that goes back to shame. Like, once again, I was like, there's, there's this stigma... That, but it doesn't because in the vows you committed to a certain moral standard. Well, I, it's been a while since I've been to a wedding, but which vow are we talking about specifically? <laughs> to have and to hold. Okay. All that. To have and to hold. Does it say to have and to hold just one? Does it, if, if you both have and hold the same, no, but at the same time, generally speaking, before the vows, you have a kind of conversation of what the vows mean to you. Some people have this conversation, and it's not the same for everybody. You're, you're right. But for my conversation, mm-hmm. it was to have and to hold me one, only one, and that's it. And so, so like, so I think for that- me personally, I understand that lust 
in love are different because I lust after females and I love males. So I feel like what I'm hearing from you, and I could be wrong, but just what I'm hearing from you is like, you didn't choose love. You chose monogamy. You chose to be with a person because you chose to, in theory, shut off half of who you are to be with a person. What I think love is, is for me to be able to come to you and say, hey, I love you. I think you're attractive. I also think that this person is attractive who is the same gender as I, opposite Mm -hmm. of you. Mm-hmm. But I still choose you. Hmm. I I think um, and I don't I don't mean to slight, but I think that perspective of of love is um, it's still very surface level because I think, like I said, there's levels and layers to this. You're there right. There was a, a study, and uh, it was in Germany or Russia, and. Um, these newborn babies with no mothers, they would put them, you know, in the basket and they would monitor them throughout the day, but they wouldn't pick them up and hold them. Mm-hmm. And so they did that for some time, for a period of time. And a high percentage of them end up dying. Mm-hmm. Because what they found through research is that they so needed the touch of a human being, even if it wasn't their mother, that they could not exist and that they would die mm-hmm. yeah. if they didn't have human touch. And so I think one component of it that you can discuss love or lust, but I'm speaking specifically to love, is you can talk about the five senses. But see, the five senses in many ways, if that's all that you have, is very rudimentary. But when you get to the point where you realize that love is, at at a point in your life, love will be a choice. But early on, we, in our infancy, even as we develop and grow, we need it. Mm -hmm. We so need it. Those babies so needed in Germany, Russia, whatever, wherever that study was, that if they didn't have it, they died. Mm -hmm. And so I've noticed my mom, she never knew her biological mother. Mm-hmm. She was born and given up for adoption, and mm-hmm. she never knew her biological mother that she knows of or that I know of. And I see her with such a strong uh, need for relationship and love. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Sometimes the things that are deficit and that we don't have, as we said before, they begin to be something that we need, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think, too, that you go from needing it to understanding it and then at some point being mature enough now that you can decipher where you can choose and commit to it, the level that you talk about. But I also say, and I stand by that, if it remains only based out of your five senses, then you don't know the depths of love. Because at some point, love will have to exceed your five senses or if you live long enough, those won't be as strong and the main factor. I think it has the ability to transcend just the physical. And so, honestly, I don't... I might be reaching here, but I think you actually kind of prove a point I touched on earlier with uh, bringing up of the study. The One of the reasons we could see, perceive this as one of the reasons the babies did not make it because they had such an intense longing for it, such an intense craving of human interaction... A.K.A. Lust. Um, but lust is defined as a sexual desire. False. No, no, look up the definition. I, I have. Lust, lust is not defined in that. Lust, how, however, has been paired with, used in synonymous with, because of the adjective long or intense longing for, craving of, has been tied to sensuality. But even you. In communicating your perspective on lust leading up to this point in the conversation have talked about different things that people long for. Right. That and speaks to a different type of desire. And those things that attract us, thus the sexual desire. I'm Naomi's heading off, but like I said, we're going to wrap up the episode just with, with me and Andrew just as it started. Um, going back to what my initial purpose was, I was like, did I not say can lust lead to love? 
like you said, I believe lust is the initial source for all affection. Right. It is then kindled, if if properly. It, let me reset. Lust, lust is the uh, the initial spark, if properly supported, kindled, adding the proper kindling, it can lead and sustain a fire. I thought I agreed with that when I shared my story of Annette. It was it was birthed in lust and it grew in love. But we found out, though, if you were trying to build a foundation on lust, that the longevity of love is not as sustainable, in my opinion, in building into things that are substantial. Well, I guess I guess then this becomes an issue of what do we call, quote-unquote, success? What do we call longevity? Because if a fire burns for three hours, is that fire successful? Or if or does the fire need to burn for a day? And so how, I, I countered that with... No human being will define success as the same thing, but I guarantee you will closely define failure as the same thing. An inability to accomplish what one sets out to do, whatever that may be or whatever that is in your heart. That's more closely that we have in common. We have that more closely in common than we do success. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lifting that up as success and failure and mm -hmm. how do we judge it. But I am saying the baseline a pure understanding of these two different topics that mm -hmm. we're discussing, I think it's it's safe to say, yeah, there may be layers and levels to it, but purely is what they are. They are what they are. We cannot take anything from that. Okay. Going, going back to this as another counter, one of the basic psychological needs every person has is the sense to belong, is the sense of human interaction, is the sense to be accepted. The babies. The babies. If you take, if you strip them of that, they die. They die. So, if you strip this of a person, they're no longer capable of love. They die. Love dies without this source of acceptance. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. This is be honest with me. Jump into my world for a second because I'm sure that you are uh, astute enough in that. What was lustful about Jesus going to the cross and giving his life for us that he loved us so much that he would do that? What was he lusting for? I just have to say this. Be bold. Christians, please do not drag me for this. I love you. I love everybody. I go back and then I'm going to dive into this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we, we, we both laugh because we don't be timid you, now. You, you gotta make you gotta make haymakers if you Yo, if you want to make a point. Get to it. I believe there was a scripture that said, "God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son." Mm. Am, am I correct in that? I remember that. So going from that, He wanted to save humanity so bad. He wanted to redeem humanity so bad that He gave up something that was crucial quintessential to who to him his his only child his only begotten son mm -hmm. in order to save us jesus saved did all these feats in order to save our souls why because they had such a deep passionate desire to make sure that we could have happiness that we that our everlasting souls were protected. That's that's just that's just one way you could you could you could start. I'm not gonna go too far because, like I said, I'm not trying to be drugging any comments. I'm too new. I don't need the smoke. I don't want it. No cap. <laughs> but that's just that, that's a that's a line of thinking that you thinking that, that, that but that only holds with the fact that those celestial beings would be on the same cognizant sentient level as us. Because in all reality, I was like, God was is omnipotent. He knows right. all. Right. So I was like, I, I'm not going to pretend that we're on the same wavelength. But I have to operate under the assumption that he can at least be on the same level as me if, to be well, higher. if you're made in his image, I like to believe if he put his stamp on us, right, that there's got to be some of those same attributes. Well, then, Although we are the created and not the creator, we have the ability to create. So, right, if he, if he put a stamp on us, then our natural desires are based on our our fundamental structure should be sound should be justified should be allowed right. not suppressed we suppress multiple parts of ourselves but if we were created in his image we are suppressing him 
Is that something to be proud of? Is that something to say is righteous? Because once again, you were created by him. He, in his image, he, he gave you the tools to succeed, to do life. But you're like, ah, eh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lock those down. I don't think those, are, I don't think that's right. I think we're limited by ourselves, though. So I think a lot of times we, we point back at the Creator as if, like, what are you doing? But all reality, if we truly believe that we we're made in an image and we understood what the Word says, that we would live as such. But typically, we don't live as such. But we still want to blame somebody for our inadequacies and inabilities, uh, not to make the decisions to experience life the way that we should. Right. I mean, I, typically, you ask anybody, why not? Somebody's going to have a reason. Yeah. Everyone has a reason for why not, right? And this is one of the things I, like, find fascinating about, like, humanity is, or about organization uh, under guys. I believe that in the early days before record was truly kept, mm-hmm. or that we can prove that it was kept, that things were closer to the source, mm-hmm. closer to the origin. Um, I believe as time progressed and people became more aware of their insecurities or insufficiencies, mm-hmm. that they started using their brain more, that they got more clever sure. and put in systems, constructs, sure. um, in order to make sure they could have the advantage. One of those being government, one of those being religion, one of those being money. Um, I think the last... Even even back in the days of barbarians, power, I believe it all started from there. Not every man was created equal, even though our Constitution says what it is. It's not true. I oh, know. That was never referring to us. Yeah. There is always somebody stronger, prettier, faster, better at something than you will be. But you need to be on top. You have the need for dominance. Maybe because we were created by somebody who was on top, who was omnipotent, who had no equal... We strive to be him, so we find ways to limit others. And now I bring your other scripture reference in place. Go ahead. The lust of the eyes, the lust of flesh, Ooh. the pride of life. Now this is one I'm going to take a slight step back from because I'm not too familiar with, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to speak as boldly. Well, no, or I mean, readily it, look, it's self-explanatory. The lust of the eyes, what I can feast my vision on, whatever's in my peripheral. As I, as I look at the spectacles around me, something inside of me longs and wants. Once again, pointing to although you don't want to clearly define a connected lust. I'll connect it, but I'm saying that's something that was, it's innate in you. You didn't work towards that. It was something that just happened. You were given this body and this mind from I, who? So here's my thing, though. Okay. Here, here's where I'll go with that. Okay. In our original... Co- Conception mm-hmm. before sin and death entered the world, and before Eve ate the apple, and then Adam's blaming her when God didn't ask him who did who it. Did, yes, he said, "Why are you clothed? Mm-hmm. Um, and how did you know you were naked?" Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that before, innately, we were pure. They weren't thinking about each other naked they weren't longing for that I mean it says in scripture that man should not be alone and therefore God created for him a helpmate right but it didn't say that man longed for something and if he would be alone he would get in trouble it just said he decided God the creator decided mm-hmm. that man should not be alone and that we needed helpmate so he understood that it was good for us to have a partner but all the other things that you talked about happened after eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil that happened after the fact because one thing that a lot of people seem to miss Mm -hmm. is yeah they became into knowing but even the creator god himself Mm -hmm. says now we must ban man from the garden the garden of eden because if they ever eat of the tree of life they will be like us and they will never die and so, after we were created in the original conception of God, mm-hmm. and then the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life came into play, we were stained, and our, I would say, our appetite became different. 
for that tree that would allow us to be like us. We never tasted of, but we always longed of because we still know that we still knew that it existed. And that craving became innate. It became a behavior after that time. You know what? I mean, that pause said it all. I was like, that is a point that I can I cannot counter. I will. I can just accept. Accept. Uh, I can bring into me, and I can ponder on it, because that 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 is a good point. Um, like I said, we we all are living organisms. We, in conversation before, we talked as people being fruits, being vegetation, in, in the sense that we are living organisms who grow. And did you? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's crazy. Did you make a wish? Yeah, I don't know if it's great, but I made one. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. You know, you don't see a shooting star too often, so you need to take a minute and admire it. Mimosas at night, man. That's right. Who says they're just for brunch? Melita. Show me the person. 24-7. Mm-hmm. Any day, all day. Um, Like I said, all I can do is take that into me. Um, That's something I never really thought of, but being that we are creatures that are in, we all have our designated seasons, I I would like to believe that even though we have this lust, that our two opinions are not actually too far apart from each other. Like I said, we're we're both walking this fine line. Um, I want to pull you my way, you want to push me yours. No, no, no. Well, no, no, no. In, in, in the sense of not like one to like like one of us is right neither of us is right this yeah. is just how we we well, feel I or perceive it, what's her name Naomi was Naomi here. yes my thing is you know people say you know they always take that scripture out of context well only God can judge here's my reality if I say that I'm a Christian and I believe in the the disciplines and the gospel the Christian faith I don't judge once again I don't judge your preferences. Your preference is your business. Mm-hmm. That is your sole decision in this lifetime. But the principles, as I look at my sacred text, and I look to line my life up, I look at the principles of the decisions and the mm-hmm. preference. Man, look, do whatever you want. Do everything that you're big and bad and grown enough to do. Just know that all of it comes with repercussions, consequences, whether they be positive or negative. And I, I don't judge those because you got to live with that. But the principles behind it that cause you to be in that situation. I have a cousin right now, mm-hmm. family secret, just being honest, being vulnerable with you. They said, because it sounds better, that he died of COVID-19. Mm. But it seems to be at some point it's well known in our family that he you know he dated man and might have been sexual and so in that I think from what has been discussed this last week as we've been working through things is you know maybe it wasn't COVID um, but my biggest thing I, I remember telling my mom this is my greatest fear is that at some point he was more concerned with being judged and and didn't realize that he was loved more than he, you know, more than he knew that we would rock with him and ride with him. Right. To me, that's that's our greatest fault as a family if he ever felt that. I'm not saying that he did. I'm not going to even say as a family. I'm going to just say as, as a race. We, we constantly shame or quote-unquote drag people oh yeah we cancel cancel culture is a huge thing right now yeah we we do that because somebody disaligns with what we see to be just right but like we say i was like we are not judge and jury Mm-mm. that is not our role Mm-mm. but yet we play it on so we many carry on like yes. that right yes and to and, and, and that's my whole like say that that there's nothing wrong with having the thing i tell people this I was like, the minute, I was like, we all judge. Anybody who tells you they don't is lying to you or is dead. 
Because the minute we stop judging, judging is just perceiving things and categorizing it. The minute we stop doing that is the minute we stop existing as people. So yes, I judge. There's nothing wrong with judging. It's when you try to force your perceptions onto other people that you have a problem. Because there's nothing loving in that. That is not fila. That is not love for your brother. That is not love for your fellow man. I agree. That is not, I, I think it's loop, lupa or love, love for the divine. That is not love for the, the create, the thing that your creator created. That is, that is jealousy. We all are divine. Yes. So to ever be condescending and beat down someone, we are not recognizing and coming to grips with the fact that each of us once again, our stamp with the very fingerprint of the Creator. Mm -hmm. And that's to be respected and honored at all times. So I agree. I agree. And then the last thing I kind of want to talk about is um, just moving forward. Because like I said, I, I, I think I brought up at least a couple of good points to why lust isn't necessarily an evil or a bad thing. There are some benefits to us. I want to I wanna move towards other words that I feel like really describe the issue. Um, maybe envy. Because one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's possessions. Uh, and I like to think that that means that it's pretty much you shouldn't be envious of things. You shouldn't want something that somebody else has. You shouldn't. Does that make sense? No, that's a, I mean, that's what it means. Thou yeah. shalt not covet right. their brother's wife. And it's not necessarily a husband and wife, oh. but it's saying, whatever's your brother's or your sister's, it's yeah. theirs. You know, what someone has, it's for them. And it's specifically for them, but with them having, it doesn't mean that you won't have. I think that's that whole greed thing, man. Needing to have more when you already have enough. The grass, the grass has been greener. And that brings me to the next word. Well, so it seems, right? Right. Because I told two people yesterday that their loved, one, their loved one died. And there's not enough money that can keep you around any longer than you're supposed to. Be, yeah. So the grass isn't greener. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, uh, the sacred text says that it rains on the rich and the poor. You know? And mm -hmm. so the sinner and the righteous both experience... Uh, trials and tragedies uh, but earthly means can never buy you or buy you out of a situation all of us will live and die and experience great heartache that's true that's, that's Solomon true. said that and then like I said that leads me into my next word um, being maybe over ambitious like, like, like I said, excess, that that never-ending, quote-unquote, gluttony, always needing more, wanting more, desiring more, right. more, more, more is the key word there. Uh, I, I, I think that gluttony is, is the, is, it's, it's one of the sedly, seven deadly sins. Right. And I think that's more what people align lust with, which I don't think it needs to be paired with. Um, I think you can be lustful without being gluttonous. Um, you know, from the time we start kindergarten, we have this longing for this deep desire to make it 11 more grades to get that diploma, walk across sure. the street. Sure. And then by the time we get to high school, we have this longing for a deep desire yeah. to get accepted into a university or, yeah. or uh, some type of secondary education to get a career. Okay. We all have a job that, like a dream job that ever since we were a child, we, we right. wanted. Those are very lustful things. But are any of those things, quote unquote, bad in a sense? Are those. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you ask that because I was thinking during this pandemic and just thinking about my life, like I was saying, seeing so much life and death, I was like, Lord, what is the best thing that I could do? for you I'm 34 about to turn 35 but if you give me 34 35 more years how can I 
offer my life up, my services and my gifts that you bless me with for you in a way that you would feel loved and honored. And I've always wanted to go back to school and get my PhD in clinical psychology and for the longest time become a psychologist um, and even wanted to spend some time in the military. I was thinking to myself, what do I value more? To dedicate my life to the Lord or to pursue those things? Because those things aren't wrong. Mm -hmm. Those are natural desires and I believe things that he's given me that I can also make a difference in this life while I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, but also, those two to a degree are worldly things. Uh, in many ways, carnal, that would give me prestige and status, but does it necessarily necessitate with my existence and how I can leave the greatest impact, especially if I'm a call myself a professed Christian. And that's always the hardest thing is because like none of us have, at least to my knowledge, have had the opportunity while we're still here to have an actual seat at the table with God, yeah. with the Creator, yeah. and ask, how am I doing? Right. There are a lot of people who believe they have signs of something or they have sure, received something, sure. but I was like, you didn't look him in his eye. Look, you didn't look it in its eye. Sure, sure. You did not hear the voice. You were not given a passing grade. That is only something you get the opportunity to do at the end. Right. right. So I, I've always been one to say, I was like, I'll never tell somebody they're wrong simply because I don't have that authority. Sure. I have not had that conversation with somebody above me to know here's the game plan. Right. You need to take two lefts in a row. I don't have the cheat code to sure, sure. I can only go based on my perception. Right. That is why the I stem to spark conversation not just between me and you but to anybody anyone, listening to this anyone. because you could teach me something I read my comments you know um, and I use those going forward or I'll, I'll talk about those in a later episode because I feel like we're all on a, a learning journey and the minute that you stop trying to do that is the minute you stop growing the minute you stop growing is the minute you really stop living you stop doing what you put here to do I agree um so going back to you in this personal context, I would, like I said, I was like, I don't, like you said, none of those are bad things that you admire, that you strive to do, but you don't know what your purpose will be. I don't know if you have Netflix, but I just watched a, sh a movie on Netflix called, um, the, I think it's called, uh, The Old Guard with Charlize Theron. Oh, yeah, yeah, I saw it. You saw it? Yeah, we just watched it last night, oh, actually. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and at the end, uh -huh. he says... She was so caught up in her life that she, she didn't, didn't see, see what she meant to other people. What she meant to other people. And for those of you who have not seen or uh, heard of it yet, it's about a, a group of retired, or not retired, but old soldiers who just are immortal, who cannot die, or right. who can die. It's just they live very long lives. So the protagonist um, has been around for many eons. And has effectively saved many lives. But those people have gone on to create cures for serious illness, yeah. sparked civil rights movements, you know, have just bettered human humanity. But they only see, because you live so long, you miss the good and only remember the bad. Uh, which is something we still do to this day on a limited spectrum, you know. we The bad stays in our body. The trauma lives within us. Um, but we kind of forget the good moments, too. Right. Right. So, in, in us not being able to see all the good that we can do, I'm not going to... Who's to say that even though you've affected a lot of people in your current role, that furthering your education and reaching a new audience, you don't save or help a soul that then helps uh, an exponential look, amount of souls. Look, I, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think that's well said. Like, I think those desires come from a place you say... Oh, you said in this conversation that love and lust, in many ways, are the same thing, that, yes. that their abilities. I say that although I don't agree with you that they're the same thing, I think they're different and distinct. They, they both have the same amount of power and mm. ability and drawing. When Hitler, when Hitler killed innocent Jews and and came up with a new breed of people and perspective that he said was superior. 
that was lust. Mm-hmm. But it was strong as love because the same thing that those Jewish people that died and those that last, and we still have Holocaust survivors today, what kept them was their love of their faith and their people and their belief in what they stood for. So both of them, I believe, are equally strong, but very distinct in their perspective and how they manifest themselves today. And if you're talking about them in the context of relationship, I do not believe that you can build an empire and a a strong foundation on lust. But I am willing to say that things birthed in lust may matriculate to love and can can be renovated if starting on lust in such a way that it can withstand other things. Because I've experienced that in my life. You know, like I said, and I would agree. I just want to go back to that tidbit that I shared. I believe, who knows, maybe it was for a moment so that she could have time to grow and I could grow. And maybe at some other point that we meet, I would be open to the fact that she may be a different person. However, I'll never deny the fact that what was birthed in lust could not exist the long run for where we at for where we were at in the possibilities of where we could go. Yeah. And that's our specific situation. That might not be the case for, for everybody. Yeah. Well, like I said, I just want to thank you for coming on today. Um, you definitely left me thinking several times about viewpoints I was so solidly rooted in, how they could be different, how they could possibly be something else um i just want to take the time to reiterate one of the earliest statements that you made today um that your mentor shared with you which you shared with us and the rest of the family here is intimacy into me you see i just want you guys to just go and think about that statement because it it applies on so many levels um, whether it's love or lust, no matter where you're coming from, what you're, how you think, we share ourselves. And when somebody looks back at us and gives us a return, we then either maintain or change our course to better approve, to give us that image that we see, that we want ourselves to be. Um, that season of lust that we all have been in can inspire us to go out and get over our fear of commitment it could go out and inspire us to go back to school it could inspire us to do anything to better ourselves so can i caveat before you finish that and then you conclude Mm -hmm. but in that intimacy into me you see before you allow someone to see into you one needs to be willing to be honest with Mm. who you are and to be intimate with yourself to look into the mirror and to be honest about what you are and what you are not. That's a solid baseline for us. So, yes. so that you will not enter any relationship or have ideals that are unrealistic or that just are really not you. But if you're willing to do that work on self, and then when you engage someone, it makes for a richer experience and can produce a better perspective and trajectory for the future in relationships, but even more so for your life existence and the things that you make accomplish. Okay. I said thank you again. Um, Last few minutes, anything that you'd like to share? Anything, any project or anything you would like to share with the people? What's going on with you? Look, man, um, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I I think you are a brilliant gentleman with a lot of great perspective. Somehow I knew that you were a thespian before you said it. Um, and so salute to you for that <clears throat> amazing talent in your arsenal and gifts. Um, but also, too, I think um, if there's anything that I would say, I was thinking about this again today. Life is so short and there's abundance of things to be experienced. Relationships are amazing. They're great. Some relationships I started years ago, they still feed my spirit. But more than anything, life is to be experienced. And the more that you're experiencing and opening yourself up to this world and what it has to offer, uh, the greater your perspective, the broader your imagination. I agree. And that also uh, 
can satisfy so many things, as I said, for you personally, but in your relationship. So I would encourage everyone, because I think sometimes our culture pushes, like you need to be in a relationship, who's your boo, this and that. Don't be afraid to be single and experience yourself. Like, go against culture and what they tell you. Like, you'll know when you know. And when it's someone that knocks you off of your feet and it's worth pursuing until death, then go for it. But also, don't be ashamed and feel uncomfortable to be, quote-unquote, single, living your best life. I tell people in the, I like to be uncomfortable because in the space of being uncomfortable is where the largest growth happens. Oh, no doubt. No um, doubt. No doubt. Like I said... Thank you again, and guys, if you're listening on any podcast app or music app, Spotify, Apple Music, please leave a like. I read those. They help me figure out what you guys want to listen to and become a better host for you guys. I, I want I want the fam to grow the, together. You know, I want yeah. us all to be at the table, happy, thriving, living our best lives. Sure. But until the next one, we'll see you on the Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. I'm Josh, signing off. Thanks. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you have any more questions or you just want to chat, feel free to tweet me at at callmedreads or follow our Facebook page, The Not So Bad Bachelor Pad. Till the next one.